Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another episode with baseball-specific questions. We talk about thoracic outlet in baseball pitchers with the yips. We talk about using voodoo floss, and we talk about some of the mechanical faults we see in youth pitchers. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here answering your questions. Uh, today, we had uh, some pretty popular feedback from our last episode where we had some baseball-specific questions. So we're going to do another episode of baseball-specific questions. Uh, so today, we have another uh, guest appearance from John Morse. Uh, John is the lead pitching instructor here at our facility at the Farm Baseball Performance Institute, uh, who Champion and I, um, or them, or whatever, I don't know, uh, uh, collaborate quite a bit on uh, some of our performance programs with our baseball players and stuff. So so John is uh, um, one of our pitching instructors, our lead guy here. Um, he's going to share some of his experience coaching some, some of the youth. Uh, John's more humble than you'd ever uh, imagine. He's got some records, right? What you, he's got some, like... So yeah. in Boston, we have this big Yaki League, which is like a pretty pretty popular like amateur baseball league. It's pretty pretty legit kind of league, and John's like legendary in that, right? Uh, sort of. I just hold the most wins. I mean, just, just holds the most <laughs> wins. I love it. So that's pretty impressive, though. He's so. like the Cy Young of <laughs> Yaki League. Which is funny because he'd never tell you that. Crazy. If I didn't say that, you would have never known. They're so, going right? to name the award, the Morse Award. For the, 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 the Morse. Award. That would be awesome. The Morse <laughs> Award. So Great. So John's joining Lenny and I. Another great episode. We got the students, Sir Nick's a lot, and Evan Levin, right? <laughs> got it. Evan Almighty. That's a good one. We'll see. Why don't you guys vote? I want to vote on Twitter. <laughs> I want to see a Twitter vote on what you guys want to vote for. Do you want Evan Eleven or do you want Evan Almighty? That's a good one. And then for Nick, do you want Sir Nick's a lot or do you want Nickelodeon? Those are gonna those are gonna be our nicknames for the rest of their clinical rotation. So let's hear it on Twitter, it'll be good. So awesome. All right. Evan, take turns. What do we got? So Ryan from Orlando, Florida. He says, Mike, I know you've worked with a lot of professional and youth baseball pitchers. What are some of the common mechanical faults you see in kids? Oh great. Okay. So the most common mechanical faults in, in youth. That's it's actually a great question because they're between pro and youth are quite a bit of difference, and this has actually been studied a little bit. Um, the, youth aren't just little versions of adults. You know, there's there there are some anatomical things different, so they definitely do it. But John, this one's perfect for you. So yep. what do you see? Uh, I would say you know just speaking to a couple, uh, the lack of you know use of their legs and just focusing on trying to throw their arm down the hill as fast as they can without using their entire body behind it. Um, speaking to that, you know, pulling their front side away from their body, kind of like trying to just whip their arm. Um, you know, you know. Other than that, so yeah, not not very efficient. Those they are don't move huge. efficiently, which is typical, I think, of what we see in other movements. And then you throw a complex 
baseball type movement into right. the mix, and now right. you have not using their body correctly right. in a certain sequence of yeah. motions. So you wonder why they have shoulder and elbow issues because they're not using their big muscles. Right. Yeah, yeah. they're not using their legs or lower half. They're right. not. They're not generating the power. They're not transferring it well. They're just yeah. throwing with their arms quite a bit. So I, I wonder, I would, your first one that you brought up was the lack of use of their legs and kind of throwing a little bit more. Um, is I, I totally agree. They're, they're more upright. Yep. You know, they're not kind of getting in, you know, as much of a stride length. They're not kind of getting that whole, you know, ability to. And, and I, I think it comes down to they just can't. Right, it's right. Not like they're not that, mobile enough. Yeah, it's not that they don't know how to. And, and you said it really well. They're not mobile enough. And mobile means lots of things. It's not that they're not flexible enough or they're not whatever. It's just it's when we say you're not mobile enough, that's you don't have the ability to do it and you don't have the ability to control it. And I think that's even the most important aspect of that. They don't have the leg strength or the motor control to be able to stabilize their lower half to be able to transfer it through their arm. So that to me, that's a that's a huge one. I would say the lower half's a good one. Uh, what was your second one then? Uh, pulling their front side, so like kind of whipping their arm across their body to generate as much arm speed as they can without using their body behind it. That's an interesting one. So I wonder again if that's because they're not generating their their torque from their body, um, and they don't kind of they don't have that drive. Are they trying to generate too much by creating more rotary, kind of mm-hmm. like pulling that glove side, right? Because they don't have the lower half away from the away from their body rather than into their body yeah sure. very interesting Try, just trying to do whatever they can to right. get it that's interesting yeah and they probably don't have the retroversion yet so it's developing so they don't have the external rotation right so right. especially they don't young, kids. Young, young young kids yeah, yeah. yeah. right yeah, so you're not, you know, probably between the age of like 10 to 12, they start, to, you know, developing that that retroverting. So I guess that's a good point too. Their arm angle is going to differ on their age. So right. yeah, those are those are good ones. I think those are good. Anything? What are, Len? You got anything on that? I'm trying I mean, to think. The if much retroversion else. would jump out at me just knowing when it usually develops. You know, 12, 13 years old. So if we see a 10, 11 year old kid that's trying to throw a ball, have a lesson. I mean, he just doesn't have the ability to get. Get yeah, layback. Kind of yeah. pushing a little bit more, yeah. and that might be that might be of, of interest too. So I, we, I'm glad you actually brought that up. Now that you say that, because we just had a client this week talking to me about this, where they said their pitching coach said they had to develop more external rotation. They didn't have enough layback, and this was a youth. So he literally told them to grab a band and have the band kind of torque them back into into layback, <laughs> which which is you know again it just shows that the coach doesn't understand the science. Yeah, he doesn't understand that you have to do that, right? I mean, even students know the science behind you know why you don't you know with retroversion, right? So we're all I mean we we all kind of have we ha- like that's like something where you know a coach has to understand the science. Um, he's going to hurt the kid by having right. him like try to torque it in there and develop that. So, right. you know, that's a, that's actually a, a neat one to pick up. So good, yeah, that's good. So I think what it comes down to, the kids don't have the they don't have the anatomical kind of ability to do that, right. but then they also don't have their strength. You know, so it, it, you, as a coach, you can just you can say like, oh, you know, get longer in your stride, but if they don't have the strength and the control, it's not right. Gonna get or the there. understanding of how to do it exactly. through a strength conditioning program. Exactly right. That's why we work together. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Great. What else? Okay. Number two is from Rob in Comac, New York. He says, "I'm a second year PT student and former college baseball player. I read the article about the yips, or what you say is TOS. This is very interesting to me as a catcher who has had episodes of the yips. Unfortunately, the toughest part for me was the feeling of the ball in my hand and choking the ball and the release point. These seem very mental to me as I get it." Can you help explain how TOS or hypertrophic scalenes can cause this aspect of the yips? Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. I think we're learning more about this. 
Um, I, I, I haven't talked a, enough about this, and it's probably intentionally because we're still learning. But essentially, you know, thoracic outlet, I'm starting to believe, is way more common than we think and way more common than it's diagnosed. Um, thoracic outlet, it, it isn't just like a do you have it or not. It's not a yes, no. It's like the spectrum of do you have it. And if you look at studies at even just like, you know, blood pressure and flow in your hand just after you pitch for everybody, it's, it changes immediately after throwing in everybody. So you could kind of argue that every time you throw, you have a transient microthoracic outlet where you have some sort of impingement of something, some vessels, either your nerves, the arteries, the veins, whatever, um, for, for various reasons. Um, so I think we're starting to see that more. So I started to learn this through error, and I made a lot of mistakes where we, we had some players that were developing some subtle early signs of, of thoracic outlet that we didn't pick up right away. But as it continued to get worse and worse, and it became more obvious, and then they eventually had surgery for the thoracic outlet and then got their arm slot back and got their velo back and then threw a no-hitter, just saying, you know, those types of things. Like, like you, you, you see the difference um, that, that can happen. Right. Um, so then you start looking back retrospectively at maybe some of the people you missed. So I'm starting to think that the yips really don't exist. And I, I, I start to get kind of angry when I work with a client that's, that comes to see me and they say they have the yips and their, their team's telling them it's in their head. They send them up to see psychologists and stuff like that. And that is crap. I mean, I've, I've worked with guys that have pitched on the mound in Yankee Stadium, like in the middle of, of that crowd. And then some psychologist is trying to tell him it's in his head because he's thrown to the backstop. Right. I, that's so unfair to that player. It's the easy way out. It's, it's the easy way out and to say it's mechanical. So here's what happens with a lot of them. This is super, this is super good. They take a week off to clear their head, right? <laughs> so, okay, they clear their head. That settles down their thoracic outlet. They go through a bullpen and their lights out. They're like, okay, I, I figured it out. I, I, I figured out my mechanical thing. I, I made an adjustment. Get me in the game tonight because I want to reinforce that. So now they throw a pen, they want to get in the game tonight. What happens? They're thrown to the backstop again. Because the week off settled down some of the thoracic outlet symptoms, and then now they're, now they're back. You know, they're back because you just flared up the pen. So that's what we start seeing. So I'm not a big believer of the yips. People with thoracic outlet don't hurt. There's no pain. There's, it's not like that. You don't have to necessarily have a purple hand. I've only had, I think I've only had one with vascular symptoms where his hand was purple and we had to have an emergency surgery. Um, other than that, everybody else was very, very subtle and you could argue it wasn't thoracic outlet, but at that point you had to. So, um, so I guess that's a lot about thoracic outlet, I guess why it happens. I mean, you know, there's two main reasons I think it happens in the thrower's arms. One is obviously just the thoracic outlet gets smaller from the neck muscles. And I think we see that quite a bit. Your scalenes get hypertrophied and they get too large and it closes down. The problem with that is I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> you know, we're still kind of getting there. We have to atrophy your scalenes. So it's kind of interesting. We are working with some kids now where we've done some rounds of Botox in those muscles to try to get them to, to kind of settle down and, and, and stop working. As well. And we're seeing changes, it's, at least people that I yeah. would have ignored previously or just called it something else, and now you're doing these Botox injections. It's like a test, like a right. diagnostic test, and you're seeing resolution of symptoms. You're like... Huh, were we, were, right. were, were we missing something? Yeah, and then, you know, obviously, hopefully you don't have to get your first rib removed. I mean, we're trying some manual therapy techniques to do that. I don't know how successful we are, but we're trying. But, um, you I know. Got a, I got a kid coming a couple weeks who had the surgery, and he's feeling great. Yeah. He had the yips 
before. Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very interesting. So all, all these Yips guys, I'm, I'm not a big believer. I think it's thoracic outlets. And when you Google thoracic outlet, it's a little daunting. Um, and you hear about the 5% of people that have a vascular issue. You don't hear about the 95% that just can't feel their release point the same. And sometimes yeah. that's it. That's it. It's not that my hand's tingling or anything like that. So, John, as a pitcher, do mm-hmm. you experience any of these symptoms? Um, not directly, no. I mean, a little bit of that when it's cold, for sure. Okay. Um, that makes sense, right? Because the heat has something to do with your hand tingling. <laughs> um, but not directly, no. Okay. Uh, not thrown to a base or anything like that. No, no tingles, hand ever feel like heavy, anything like that? Nope. So that's no. why he's leading the Oculus and wins. <laughs> exactly why. Durability. John, John has very efficient mechanics. I'll give him that too. So we talked about that. So it's we talked about scalene. So that's anatomical. Right. The next thing would then be mechanical. So if you drag behind your body a little bit, if you lean more, I do see that in. It seems to be uh, smaller guys sometimes, and and that's very anecdotal. So don't take that the wrong way. But they really try to generate torque and so really use right. their neck, and it really exacerbates it. Um, so I've seen that quite a bit. The people that use their neck a lot. Um, I, um, trying to think of what a you know anatomical. Well, anatomically, you know, a good one it would be um, somebody with anterior shoulder subluxation. Saw somebody last week mm-hmm. with that. So their shoulder subluxing a little bit anteriorly, and what lives there? Everything. <laughs> Your brachial plexus, everything just lives right there. So you sublux a little anteriorly, you kind of hit those things. That's where you get those zings down the inside of your bicep kind of arm right here. Sometimes you have that, that head. Shooting, yeah. yeah, exactly. That dead arm that sometimes you feel that zing down your hand. So, um, yeah, it's, um, we're learning more. I mean, we just we have to figure out how to, how to do it better, but we're learning more. So, um, yeah, good question. Sorry, that was, that was a little long, but I think that was kind of important. Um, what else you guys get? Anything else you want to add? No, I think that you file that away under uh, it sees us more than we see it. you got to keep <laughs> well that in the seen. back of your head, you know? Yeah, and, I, and I'm still mad. There are some, a lot of people just flat out deny this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's mind-boggling that they yeah. that someone could be so close-minded to think that way. But yeah. um, So I'm starting to think it's more it's it's more popular than, than we realize, but, yeah. but we'll see. So awesome. All right, what's number three? Okay, last question from John in Arizona. I hear a lot about voodoo band flossing for pitchers. What are your thoughts? And then also, is there an alternative option for the benefit, benefits voodoo flossing has to offer? What, so I wish we could talk to John and ask, what are the benefits of voodoo flossing? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's an answer, but I did pick these intentionally to follow the thoracic outlet one. But um, John, have you ever used voodoo floss? I have not, no. So, and, and why? Because like, you know what it is, right? Right. Uh, no, I just, I've never tried it, never... Um, had the desire to try something new as far as like something to help recovery um, besides what you know what I typically do after a start right whether you know it's now or you know, way back in college yeah so I, I mean so voodoo flossing is it's one of those things that's um, I think gained popularity on the internet in a different population certainly not baseball players uh, pretty popular in the CrossFit crowd because Kelly Stratt is kind of the one that, that kind of started preaching a little bit. So I think the CrossFit f- crowd does it for various things, and, and I, I think people feel better and maybe move a little bit better after. So I could see maybe why you would want to do that. Um, going back to the thoracic outlet, the last thing in the world I would do would be to wrap a band around my arm, uh, especially your upper arm or anywhere near your elbow, 
and then do anything like movement with your hand or anything like that, all you're doing is pushing on all these structures. I mean, especially right in your upper arm. I mean, voodoo yep. floss is something I, I, we never do. I would never recommend doing in, in baseball players. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't see the real benefits. I don't, I don't think you know the real benefits. Like, I'm right. just not sure that there's, it's that beneficial. Like, you can just do self-massage. You can do a massage stick. You can work with somebody if you want some soft tissue work. But, um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, it's not doing anything to the fascia like we think it is. I think you just neuromodulate, you know, some some tone in your arm and you, you move a little bit better afterwards. But I think the risk in doing it in an arm in a baseball player, I, I, I would never do that. that. That's a good example of taking something that's popular in one world and trying to apply it to another one. And 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 you, sometimes you could do more harm than good. But Len, what do you think? I don't yeah, want, I mean, do, I would, do I bias that too much? No, I mean, I would <laughs> tread cautiously with stuff like that. You know, there's, there's products out there and, you know, you can try them out. But I think, the to me, the tried and true soft tissue and recovery stuff that way, um, you know, I'm, I'm still an ice fan. I could create a whole controversial world out there of not icing. I tend to still recommend ice. And, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> right. a false controversy. Right. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, because of these guys and the, the risk of thoracic and, and how much it's out there, we think, I think doing the voodoo floss stuff, I don't know if it's... It's worth it for especially yeah. long term. Yeah, we've and I've tried the compression boots too that like are, are popular and same thing. Like when I do these things, my hand goes numb. If my hand goes numb, my baseball players aren't doing them. <laughs> so on that note, good stuff. All right, thank you cool. so much, John, John Morris, for for joining us. Yeah, sharing his expertise as a pitching coach. Uh, But, yeah, no, thanks, guys. Thanks for another great baseball episode. We appreciate it. And thanks so much for everybody for for participating. The the questions coming in are awesome. We love answering them. Um, So go to MikeRyland.com and click on the podcast link. Go to iTunes. Give us a nice little review if you don't mind. We really appreciate that. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRynell.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRynell.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.